Hi, welcome to the Theta Game Podcast, the official podcast of ThetaGame.com. I'm your host, Juni, and thanks for tuning in. These are only my opinions and anyone things said in this podcast. If future podcast should not be considered financial advice, I have stock positions in NVIDIA, and today is July 17th. Thank you. Jumping into uh, the earnings plays of this week, and by the way, I might sound a little bit different this episode just because the mic is closer to my face. I think a lot of you will enjoy that uh, a bit more because I think a lot of the fan noise that of the fan that I keep on comes through and just my voice sounds more echoey, but I think this should be better. So uh, after close on Monday for earnings, you have IBM before open on Tuesday. You have Ally Bank after close on Tuesday. You have Netflix, United Airlines, Chipotle, uh, and Sleep Number, as well as Interactive Brokers. Before open on Wednesday, you have Coca-Cola and Johnson Johnson and Verizon and Harley-Davidson. Uh, after close on Wednesday, you have Texas Instruments uh, and Discover. Uh, before open on Thursday, you have Southwest Airlines and Alaska Airlines, as well as Crocs uh, with, airline, uh, with also American Airlines Group and AT&T. After close on Thursday, we have Intel, Snapchat, Twitter, Skechers, Samuel Adams, Capital One, Del Taco. Uh, and then before open on Friday, we have American Express. Uh, nothing really crazy beyond uh, last week. Banks doing awesome when reporting uh, on their numbers. Uh, so that's pretty bullish news. Uh, interest rates expected to stay uh, down or you know not go up in the near future is also a bullish sign. Um, this week, we've seen a lot of weakness in tech. Uh, if you want to even call it that, I consider it just a normal correction. Stocks do always go up, right? In the long run, they have always proven they always go up, but they do go down sometimes. So, like, don't get it twisted. Don't think, like, oh, just because, you know, um, you like that one tweet where stocks only goes up, it has to go up. It does go down and it creates this, like, sideways pattern, but eventually starts going up again. And it's just all part of the process. Uh, this is not me also saying that like, oh, you should be buying the dip right now because I don't know your current situation. I don't know if you have a lot of cash just sitting left over. I don't know if you have like 50% more of your cash that you're willing to put in at this next trade. If you're trying to put in the 50% rest of your cash right now, I would consider the risk reward there not worth it in your favor. I think waiting is best, but everyone has their own strategy when the market is red, when the market is scary. I'm one that definitely has uh, their own strategy when the market is red, uh, which I'll get into just a little bit. But talking more just about exclusively earnings, um, lots of airlines reporting this week. Again, there's United after close on Tuesday before open on Thursday. You have American, Southwest, and Alaska. You just kind of want to get a good gauge of flight numbers going up. Um, there will definitely be some like numbers, especially if they super beat uh, that. You know, airlines or airline companies or defense companies like Boeing could potentially go up. Boeing has been hit uh, relatively hard as of late. Um, they've had like I've, I saw a news article that something got delayed, uh, which probably isn't the sole reason why it's down so much. But it's below the 230 support that I really liked. So I'm probably going to start looking at Boeing a little bit more. Uh, the NVIDIA split also happened soon. Let me get the uh, specific date for that. Let me take a pause real quick. Okay. And so the official date for the uh, NVIDIA stock split seems to be, according to The Motley Fool, July 20th. And that is Tuesday, 
of next week. Um, and so if the current stock price is hovering around like say 720, I think that's what it was, divided by four, uh, you're looking at $180 per share when it comes to Tuesday. Granted, everything stays the same in terms of stock price. Um, a few things will happen if you have shares. You can just multiply that by four. Um, but I think what happens when you have uh, options is that you get uh, your option basically divided into four. That's why I think happened to my Apple stuff um, when I had Apple stock during or Apple uh, short naked puts or cash secure puts um, when Apple had it split. Um, but obviously, do your own due diligence there. Just speaking from memory, but um, nothing really crazy happens. You don't earn more money. You don't lose any money per se. Uh, but if everything stays stagnant, you just get a different quantity of whatever wherever you are in that trade um, so if you're shorting nvidia for whatever suicidal reason uh then yeah you're going to be owing four times the amount of shares but again if the stock price stays the same you're not in any more or less danger so um just make sure that uh when you when it gets down to it though you're not making huge predictions when it comes to the stock split um because history shows and in my you know, short history of stock splits uh, for Apple and Tesla. Yeah, there is a cool off period after the um, after the after the split uh, because the run up before the split, I believe, has just already happened. That's when Nvidia hit like 800, 820, that crazy number. Um, but yeah, we should start seeing it consolidate somewhere. We just don't know where yet. But after the split happens and it introduces more liquidity into uh, the stock things should start calming down right now it's still very hard to tell where exactly the floor is we could just gap down to 700 on monday i have no clue but uh if you uh, account for max loss you'll be fine always assume you're going to be assigned because the one trade where you think you're not going to get assigned on that option you're going to get assigned that one time you buy stock thinking you bought at the absolute bottom you're gonna figure out that wasn't the bottom so you just always make sure you have the max loss accounted for expect every trade you make go to zero and every single trade beyond that will be infinitely better uh, something to say though is Thursday is Intel earnings um, that's another semi reporting as well as Texas Instruments reporting after close on Wednesday so just sem there's two semis reporting this year or this this uh, this week um, it's just seeing also just like bigger tech companies start to come out like uh, with earnings like Netflix is interesting and Snapchat so and Twitter uh, looking at how they report I don't know. I'm not really into like the social media and subscriber account type of companies, um, but just putting it out there. If you are in any sort of social media industry, um, uh, or you know, just in the if you own any stocks in those industries, uh, just be on the lookout. And before moving on to just talking a little bit more about uh, this week's trades in general for me, quick shout out to Ally. Uh, reporting before open on Tuesday for basically inspiring Theta Gang. Um, I got triggered from a comment that said, uh, it, it was something along the lines of like, imagine an ally savings account doing better than you after having a red portfolio. I was like, you know, it's it's probably time to learn how to actually do this stuff. Uh, and thus, this, this all happened. So shout out to Ally Bank. <laughs> 
So last week's episode, and granted, we're still in the weekly play section. Um, we were uh, we talked about uh, how I personally trade at the top, and I said that I would rather buy the shares and sell covered call rather than say sell a cash secure put for a multitude of reasons. Reason one, including that you get paid more for the call that you're selling than the put that you would sell at that same level. Um, but the, I think the reason that I harped on the most was uh, that you are more liquid. And that could have not paid off any more than it did this week or last week when NVIDIA corrected about like 6-7%. So the thing that happened last week that's kind of inspiring this section of the podcast today is I had closed... Um, my cash secured put on NVIDIA at the beginning of last week, very early for a profit. And I had gotten a Twitter comment um, or a Twitter question. I don't want to make it seem like negative at all because they were just definitely probably asking for clarification, giving benefit of the doubt there. Um, but they said like, Junie, why are you closing this so early? Um, it's for a profit, yeah, but why are you closing this so early? And they're talking about the cash secured put because I closed it for like maybe... $300 profit instead of like holding on to it for three th or for $3,000 profit. Um, and I had said, you know, I would rather have the shorter expiry here uh, instead of the longer expiry. And I didn't go in too into depth more beyond that um, because I felt like that would suffice. But giving the rest of the answer here, um, just because, you know, I want everyone to basically learn from my experiences. Um, and not just my hopes and what I like teach that could potentially be from a book, right? I want I want you guys and girls to learn from real life examples. Um, if I had not sold that put, I would be, or if I had not closed that put for the three hundred dollar profit, I would be down around five thousand dollars right now. Um, or sorry, I'd be down around nine thousand dollars right now. Uh, I had sold the eight hundred put. Uh, and closed it for $300 profit. Um, I instead closed it right away uh, for 300 and then opened right away the uh, 100 shares and sold a close to the money cover call. From that moment on, Nvidia had started going down and that's expected, right? I, I understand I'm buying at the top uh, at the potential top. So I, I sold closer to the money. I got the optimal amount of premium because calls are very expensive at the top because there's people out there that think it could keep going, right? There's no there's no ceiling in stocks technically. There, it could, there's, a, there, there's definitely a floor, there's zero, but there's no ceiling. So calls are always at a premium when stock is going higher. And um, the, because I switched to a shorter expiration, um, I'm able to close out for a profit the covered calls and then continuing to move down uh, and laddering down the covered calls, selling closer and closer to the money, selling closer and closer to my break even, uh, and sometimes getting away with selling deep in the money, which was my second covered call. But I also understand right now you and me are communicating through a podcast or I've been... I'm basically just communicating to you through a podcast um, and just talking about strikes and, you know, laddering and all this stuff. It could get confusing. But what I want you to take away from this is because I chose to close, chose to close. Yeah, okay. That's, it just sounded weird because it rhymed. Because I chose 
to close my cash secured put early I don't I'm not stuck in any obligation right now um, I am instead in a position where I simply just own 100 shares and I can sell cover calls to lower my cost basis in which I did very aggressively and I've cap captured maybe like $4,000 in premium um, thus really really helping my break-even whereas if I was stuck on that 800 put right not only would I not have gotten out with $300 profit because I would just kept it on um, I would be stuck with an obligation because I'm not, I don't want to close a cash secured put for a loss that doesn't make sense to me unless if I'm very very scared but if this is Nvidia this is the company I love to trade the most this is not the case so I would not break that rule so I'm just very thankful that I chose to be more liquid had like just it was so crazy because I had just talked about this last week on the last week's episode so it just feels extra good being able to talk the talk and walk the walk right now as I'm executing the trades and just following up on the, in this episode by the way you can go to thetagain.com slash juni and see my nvidia trades there all for free by the way you're not going to get pay gated or anything um but yeah being able to be liquid is really really important and knowing when you feel like you're going to get scared is something that only you can know and you have to be totally honest with yourself did i know nvidia was going to go down no i'm not going to take credit for that i'm not going to say oh it was so obvious that nvidia was going to go down so i i switched to be more liquid that's what a guru does. I don't do that. I, I'm not taking any ownership of how well my cover calls did beyond the fact that I just felt scared. So I'm going to manage my emotions. I'm going to trade how I want to trade. And I know that if I captured more premium with cover calls on the way down, it's going to make me feel a lot better than only capturing premium with the cash secured put that's going to make me illiquid or not liquid because I'm stuck in that obligation for the potential like 35 days that had I had left on the, the cash secured put. So we'll see how Nvidia plays out um, this week. Uh, lots of stuff should be happening because of the stock split. Um, but just wanted to really just, you know, emphasize that, you know, when you're at the top, really, you can't put a price on being liquid. Being liquid is very strong. Um, and if that wasn't uh, merit enough, you get paid more to sell the cover call at the top. So it takes a little bit of market maturity on your end to be able to say, hey, you know what, if the stock moons past my cover call at the top, that's okay. You know, I took the risk of trading at the top. I got paid pretty fat for the covered call that I wrote. I'm fine with that. Um, but then, you know, you get moments like these where you do end up selling the covered call at the top uh, and the market goes down. Then suddenly, you, again, you're glad that you didn't write a cash secured put that you're stuck on with the obligation that's deep in the red that you have to hold on to and that you can't do anything else with that money. Um, so. Let that be just, I guess, uh, a lesson um, that you can, you know, take home or, I guess, you know, go into work with because I, I assume that most of you are now back at work or, you know, a good chunk of you are back at work just listening to this on the way there. Um, and I thank you for picking the Theta Game podcast to be part of your commute. I really appreciate it. And let's go on into the next section.
Okay, new on the ThetaGang.com website updates. I'm going to make this very, very brief. Uh, there are going to be an immense amount of changes that are coming. Patrons know what is on the horizon. Um, but, you know, I'll keep it a secret for the rest of the people on the podcast and the website. Um, it, there's just a lot of change happening in my personal life and in my professional life and uh soon to be possibly theta game life so it, it's all good news i don't want to scare anybody like there's only good things coming uh i want you to be excited for it but i also don't want to say anything that's not properly planned but also just knowing that like big things are coming so just just stay tuned nothing really more to report on just beyond the fact that i'm really glad that the follower feature is working um, and you know more changes and features are going to be added on top of that like maybe you know following uh, only maybe a, a certain person's uh, trades that are specific to a certain company or making the stock ticker page more relevant to your uh, positions and all, all these like little fun stuff um, will start coming together very very shortly we're going to be taking like uh, a brief coding pause just to finish out i i believe like the uh, basically the rest of the month i'd say before any official announcement is called um but till then just focusing on bugs i really appreciate the people that are sending in bug reports still uh, i am still fixing those as they come in that that's something that's not changing um, but as far as the bigger features, like, you know, the follower thing or, you know, being the stock wheel tracker, that will resume next month after my big announcement. So um, just don't 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 feel the FOMO either. Just got to wait two weeks. But uh, yeah, let's get into the next section. Okay, uh, today's uh, topic comes from a patron from the Discord, Bingo Bingo. Shout out to you. Thank you for the, uh, the request here. Uh, he actually has two requests. I think both of them are actually really good. Uh, I'll get to the second one uh, in, a, in a later month. Uh, but the first one I thought was pretty good that I haven't really touched on specifically for episode. Because really like what are my topics really for or the episode titles for i talk about literally everything in every podcast so i guess like all my podcasts are sounding the same but you get like little tiny tidbits like little tiny special nuggets sometimes in an episode i think that's what makes my episode either really hard to listen to or really cool to listen to just depending on how annoying you find my voice um but this uh today's question uh or topic is balancing your account between boring stuff like holding spy long term and options uh, theta gang strategies or slash theta gang strategies. Um, I'm just going to, I guess I'll just let out in the air of like what I have and uh, you know what I think, what I would do better maybe if I was younger. <laughs> oh, Judy thinks he's old. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, let's uh, let's just get into it. So first things first, uh, <laughs> I'm keeping that in. Uh, um, okay, uh, yeah, first things first, I have an IRA. Uh, I think everyone should be maxing out their IRA. If you are telling me, hey, Junie, uh, I only have $6,000 to trade, um, and I would rather trade it 
uh, on my own in the stock market because I think I can beat an IRA. There are multiple things I want to say to you back, but if you want to do it, I think you should do it. Don't let me try to tell you that you're not doing the smart thing, that you're not doing this thing. You're your own person. You can make your own decisions. So you do you. But this is just what I think of that. Your IRA is really good for a multitude of reasons. Uh, it's even better for you if you have more money than just the max contribution limit, but just to dial back a little bit. An IRA is an individual retirement or investment retirement account. Um, and you basically put money into that account. And this there's many services that offer these, but we won't get into that. Um, there's many off, uh, companies that offer those services. And you put money into that, uh, into that service, into the IRA. And uh, the, the whole premise of it is it grows with the stock market because that $6,000 you put in or whatever amount you put in up to the $6,000 yearly limit, um, it grows with the stock market. It also loses with the stock market. So some, some common arguments are like, oh, well, I think I could beat my IRA. So, you know, it's probably smarter for me to just individually trade. Now, here's the catch. When you individually trade, you're most likely going to be doing that individual trading in a individual uh, uh, investment account, meaning you get you get tax penalized, right? And that can sometimes mean like 30, 40% of your gains just disappear to Uncle Sam. So not only do you have to beat 50% on top of the gains that you're getting there, but you also have to beat the average 7% that an IRA or just the general market like holding SPY earns. So a lot of stuff are going against you. So why not just put in the $6,000 for the IRA and not worry about it? Because again, you don't get taxed on it when you take it out. But don't quote me on that. There's, there's a few different types of IRAs that have different tax implications, but they all basically do the same thing. It's, it's a tax advantaged account. There is a reason why an IRA has a contribution limit. It's because it's a good thing. Otherwise, everyone would do it. I would do it. I, I wouldn't probably trade stocks if there was an unlimited IRA, okay? So let, let that just be like, you know, one of the finer t topics or, you know, points there that could be made is that like there is a limit because it's so good. So that's why, uh, you know, I have an IRA. It's just, it's tax advantageous. Um, it's not that much money considering uh, the amount of money I make per year. Uh, to other people, you know, $6,000 is a lot of money. I don't want to make it seem like, oh, you're poor. Oh, you, 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 you. No, it's not that. Everyone is in a different stage in their life. I totally understand. But I'm trying to try and get you in the right mindset. Is that you're not putting it, your, your $6,000 into an account because it's, the boring thing to do but it's the it's the safe thing to do and it gives you peace of mind like for me i like put maxing out my ira just like whenever it becomes readily available uh to max out and i just max it and then i understand that you know if something in my individual trading account doesn't work i can always just fall back on my ira i understand my nest egg is growing uh tax advantageously if that's even a word um, and I always feel safe. That's that's my safe blanket is knowing I have an IRA. 
Oh, but Judy, you you, you shouldn't um you you shouldn't put your safety in or, or your feeling of safety in money because m money doesn't mean it mean anything. No, see, you're not you're not getting it. Like money, it's not it shouldn't be the only priority you have in life, but it makes a lot of things in life easier, and I like that aspect of it. So we're gonna move on to the next point. Um, <laughs> I have a I have an individual portfolio uh, that I trade on. Um, that portfolio you can see uh, on Tuesdays. I actually log in to my terminal and I trade, uh, you know, in that same terminal. And I show my profit loss for the for basically of all of basically of all time because there's just always that PNL YTD number there. Um, but just like a weekly glance at my portfolio and I help people trade within the Tastyworks terminal. It's it's like it's a fun time and you get to see. Um, how my account is growing. I think right now I'm hovering around 160k on there, um, and yeah, just blessed for the amount of gains I've made this year so far, and I hope to keep that going. Um, but that again, um, the 30k that I've made this year, like a good 30% is going to Uncle Sam. So in my head already, I just know I've only made 20k. Like I've already just like mentally blocked the the 30%. Um, whereas, you know, if I had made those same trades in an IRA account or if that IRA had grown the same amount as my individual account, um, yeah, I would have made 30K. But, you know, I could almost hear someone saying, see, Junie, uh, if your individual portfolio can beat uh, your IRA, uh, how come you don't just put things in your IRA, you, uh, you dummy? And that's what that's what I'm talking about. The IRA has a limit because it's so good. That, that's why I max it out. Okay. Um, just going a little bit further, I also have a crypto portfolio. That is also a fun portfolio for me. Um, oh, and just to dial it back, my individual portfolio, I consider that for fun. Uh, just just really risk adverse fun because that's also going to be the money for my house. Uh, um, or potential house. I, I'm not buying a house yet. I'm happy with the room that I am in right now and uh, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but my crypto account is absolutely my fun account. I think I've learned a lot uh, trading crypto. I've learned a lot of my technical analysis, oogla boogla from trading crypto. Um, I would not recommend trading crypto though. Um, I feel like there's a lot of bad people in the space and the good people in the space have not been highlighted yet uh and until like i can really just be like yeah this person has your back uh i can't really say it's safe to trade crypto like there's no person that i can really say is like a safe person to trade crypto with i i don't know it just that's just the vibes from crypto that i get uh, i'm sure that some of you know some you know honest people that trade crypto honestly and have your back and don't charge you for you know the for getting you into all coins before ICO and all that stuff but I'm telling you really be careful when you're trading crypto just because Juni has a crypto portfolio doesn't mean you need to suddenly take out like 5% and make a crypto portfolio yourself I'm not advocating for crypto I never have I don't like advocating for crypto I've gotten asked if I like crypto even in my own discord and my basically my message was Yes, I have a crypto account. I would not advise a crypto account. Uh, this is just a crypto account, basically. Um, and that was at when crypto was all-time high. I, I even added like a little note at the end saying like, hey, you know, I don't want to 
um, make it seem like I'm really into crypto because I understand there are people that look up um, to my trading style. I'm not gonna say look up to me, but I'll say there's people that look up to my trading style. I have to maintain that sort of like uh, role model image, right? I don't want to be saying like when crypto's running hot, I don't want to say, oh, get in before it's too late, and then suddenly crypto tanks. Like what? What like what kind of image do I set myself up for that? So I maintain a very very neutral uh, perspective on crypto, but I will be bearish for the ones that do advocate for uh, pump and dumps. Like I remember the Dogecoin pump. I mean I could retweet that stuff, and you know there's people on, in the comment section that said like, oh Dogecoin to the moon, Dogecoin to the moon. I wonder how they would feel if I retweeted the whole if you um, if you support. Uh, Dogecoin to the moon, uh, you're, you're a bad person, basically, or something. Um, I wonder how they would feel now with Dogecoin being at 20 cents instead of 80 cents. Uh, a lot of people get got following people into trades like that, and I absolutely understood my position and my audience at that time and place, and I definitely knew that pumping or advocating for Dogecoin during that time was not the move. So... I'm proud of myself there. I've, you know, with this whole NVIDIA run too, I always say that I'm lucky and I feel blessed and I feel grateful that, you know, I have all these gains. I'm not telling people to get into NVIDIA before it's too late, though I am the NVIDIA person. I've, I've, I identify with being an NVIDIA trader so hard, right? But I have not told you to say like, oh, go out and get NVIDIA. This is amazing. This is amazing. If someone says like, good job on the gains, Junie, I just say, you know, thankful for the gains so far and hope to continue them i always say that and i mean it right like i don't know what's going to happen after the split i don't know if i'm going to start training shopify again if i go to boeing uh but that's all tbd uh, i'm just excited to see what's in the future um but i think that about wraps it up for my uh account so i have an ira i have an individual portfolio and I have a crypto portfolio. My crypto portfolio is really, really small. It's probably like 5% of my uh, net worth. And I don't feel comfortable saying my net worth on uh, on media, but just say it's like 5%. Um, I will keep my uh, <laughs> net worth percentage of my portfolio or individual portfolio also a secret because I don't want you calculating my net worth. Um, but yeah, so just think about like um, the crypto and the individual portfolio as the fun account and you're going to have a good time. If you have to make money on your individual portfolio, you're not going to have a good time. Uh, the pressure of making money is where a lot of people start to lose. Um, if you don't have that pressure to make money for for get for example, when I first started ThetaGain.com, when it only showed my trades, I only had three thousand dollars in there. Not that I only had three thousand dollars like ever, but just because three thousand dollars was just because I wanted to test the strategy to see if it worked. It got a lot of attention when I first started doing it, and I ran with it. I made the site public, and it really inspired me to become a better trader, so that other people have a, a trading style to look up to that I could prove that actually works. Um, but. If I had the pressure, initial pressure, where I said like, okay, the Theta Gang strategy only works if I reach 100K, I would definitely have blown up before I reached 100K. That's because 
I had a bad day, maybe the next day I open up like five cash secured puts on margin and then uh, because I want to make up for the day that was red before. But then uh, that those five cash secured puts go deep red in the money and then I'm stuck with 500 shares of some company that I didn't like because my strategy wasn't honed in then. There, there's a lot of bad things that happen when you have pressure to make money in your fun account. Understanding where you need to make money, aka your IRA, uh, versus your fun account, like your individual portfolio or uh, crypto portfolio is really important. If you understand that you need to make money uh, in, the, in the accounts that you need to make money, it really helps aka your IRA. If you understand you need to make money in your IRA because it's such a good deal, it should be almost, I don't want to say just flat out common sense because that's kind of rude, but it should be almost common sense that you max out your IRA first before doing anything. Even if that meant putting $6,000 into your IRA and then maybe paper trading, even though I don't like paper trading, you know how I feel about paper trading. Paper trading is so whack. Paper trading is so bad. But if that was your only, and I mean only option, was putting this only $6,000 you own into an IRA and then paper trading until you save up more money to put into a individual portfolio, I still think that's the better way. Because at least when you have an IRA that's maxed out with $6,000, you get to you get to feel the market go up and down. And guess what? You can't actually pull out of an IRA. So it really helps you with the whole feeling of losing money and making money and by by like almost osmosis by seeing your account eventually go up because that's what IRAs do because it's just basically like buying stock and holding it you start understanding like wow like why am I doing dating strategies why am I doing um swing trade strategies why am I why am I buying leaps why am I doing all this stuff when I should just buy stock and hold on it and Main, the main reason you have money in your IRA is just because it's tax advantageous. There's just a lot more money sitting in there that can grow at a better rate than basically anywhere else without taking a huge amount of risk. Um, and you just start to realize, I am doing theta gang stuff for fun. Because otherwise, I would just mimic my IRA or just like try to sub-optimize my like IRA with just an individual account by just buying stock. But wow, you know what? I am doing data game stuff because it's just more fun. I like getting assigned or I like collecting premium. I like selling calls to people on Wall Street Bets. I like doing all this stuff. Like, <laughs> like doing all this stuff. So when, when you come to this realization that anything that you do uh, beyond your IRA or when you come to the realization that anything you do beyond your IRA is just fun, everything changes. But... Going on a, I guess, a more serious note. If any of you are in a, and I, I, I don't want to be the Debbie Downer because I think you should be, you should have friends and you should have people around you that really motivate you to do what you want to do and you should feel confident in whatever you do because of the community that you're in. If you are a full-time trader or you're thinking about going full-time trader because you just hate your job and you want to just stay home and start trading, I'm gonna tell you right now, friend to friend, I have nothing to lose right now. Me, I'm talking about me, me, Junie. I'm talking to you, the listener. Me, Junie, I have nothing to lose. So I'm going to say it straight up. I think trading full time at home 
is probably one of the worst things you can do for your mental health. I cannot imagine what it's like that if your life depended on it, your rent depended on it, I can't imagine that type of trading. The type of trading that most of us do right now is just on the side with some amount of money that we make from our paycheck and then we trade on that and we hope that it goes up. When suddenly you start putting in uh, trade moves um, that need to put food on your family table, I don't know where stage you are in your life or you know have to pay rent, you are playing a very, very risky game because you also have to account for taxes, right? If you make $1,600 to cover your rent for this month and you withdraw that $1,600 and that's the only profit loss you've made, you're not letting that $1,600 compound uh, and you basically have to make that $1,600 again trading. Um, and you're really opening yourself up to situations where if a trade doesn't go right, suddenly you're kind of fearing that you might be homeless, right? I, you, sure, you might live in a van. You might have like literally no expenses and what, whatever have it. Like you do you. All I'm saying is keeping trading fun has to be one of the most underrated pieces of, uh, wisdom that i've given out i'm not gonna say advice because this is not financial advice but like trading for fun is easily one of the most underrated pieces of wisdom i've ever handed out and this is just a reiteration of that right now so keeping trading fun is important to me i don't know if you want to do full-time trading if you want to like i said earlier before i made this point do it if you want to do it, do it. Don't let me, a random internet stranger, stop you. I've just given you my points on or and reasons on why I personally wouldn't do it. Um, but yeah, uh, as far as just going back, I'm just gonna read read the topic request one more time. It's it's balancing your account between boring stuff like holding spy long term and option dating strategies. There's no real balance for me personally. I I personally don't even like to diversify. So anything in my fund portfolio, I'm doing for fun. I'm doing to, you know, to continue proving a strategy works. My, you know, system works pretty well. Even during downturns, NVIDIA is the last leader right now in the market and I am doing just fine. So, and you can see that this coming Tuesday at twitch.tv slash real I'm all day. I will show my terminal no matter how my, how big of a drop it is because this is all just really an experiment. This is for fun. And I'm willing to go to the depths of the earth to prove to you that my system is real and I'm real and I'm really just, I'm, <laughs> before it sounded like a broken record, that I'm really trying to make sure that you understand that like when I have this podcast and that I'm talking, that, that this podcast is free. It is a free knowledge. You don't have to listen to this. You don't have to pay for this. When I'm telling you things on this podcast that I dedicate like an hour and a half to two hours each weekend that I've not missed in like 105 weekends in a row, that there is some merit, right? I'm not, I'm not just some other guru telling you, oh, pick this stock, pick this stock. Right now, I am walking the walk and talking a talk when buying the top with, a, with shares and covered calls is a thing, right? Brought, bringing that up last week. Continuing with that entire flow this coming week in my fun account. Imagine if this was my account where I'm saying that I need a house by 
next week or next month or by the end of this year, I need to make 100K. That would be immense amount of pressure for me and I wouldn't enjoy that and I might mess up because I might get emotional I had you know during the days that are going down I might think oh you know what I, this is like this is like four months of salary that I just lost I could have just like traded safe I could have been fine or um, on the flip side if I was doing really awesome maybe then I get carried away and I buy tons of leaps I buy tons of calls and then suddenly there's a macro movement down because China war or a coronavirus thing there's a lot of uncertainty you open yourself up to if you don't have um, fun as a priority. Um, I'm trying to think of what someone might say uh, in argument to keeping an account for fun. Because, yeah, maybe you don't make it a necessity, right? Like maybe you make it so that you, um, you don't have to make money to put food on the table in your portfolio. Uh, but you also just don't want to do it for fun, right? Like you don't want to make a 0% or you don't want to lose. Then your next goal can be to just beat SPY. Can you can you make 7% on your own? And then if you want to go expert mode, can you make 10% because you need to put up 30% for taxes, right? Um, and I think that's how the math works. I don't know if that's, that's how the math works. You, know, you got to double check me on that. Uh, but something like that, right? You just got to make more because you're going to get taxed on it. Um, making sure that you beat SPY doesn't necessarily matter if it's with boring stuff or fun stuff. It's just making sure that your stuff that you're doing, like your training styles that you're doing, interest you long enough for you to do it to completion like a lot of you have probably tried to sell called credit spreads at one point and said oh look i'm theta again because i could time the top and then the stock doesn't continue to go down or it just like goes up like stocks usually do and you think like oh wow theta gang is a scam right that's what a lot of people end up doing or it's like they read one citron lemon success article and they're like wow i can short the market now and they try shorting the market and well they just liked the tweet that said stonks only go up last week and then they learned the hard way right um as long as the boring stuff um in your ira is making you that average seven percent uh i think it's fine to experiment in a in a safer way uh in your fun account i think some of that can be just be done by allocating in your fun account maybe like 50 percent into stocks just like building your own like i'm using air quotes here like etf right like buy don't buy in batches of 100 like don't don't do that whole theta game mentality that i do where i buy stock only in batches of 100 like if you're doing if you're trying to mix boring stuff with fun stuff doing boring stuff in your fun account might be and this is all relative. Like to me, I feel like once my account gets really big enough, I would actually start doing something like this where I allocate like 80% of my portfolio to just picking stocks that I like and watching them grow and manage it like an ETF like Kathy, right? Like, oh, you know, I sold some of this to make more, um, to buy more of uh, this other company uh, using this part of the company's profits as a buffer for this new position, etc., etc. Right, but to some people, that's also super boring. So, and boring is relative. So, one fun, boring thing that I would probably do again is just 
create a mini ETF for myself and maybe write an article of like what your ETF represents. Like if you wanted to create your own, uh, and this is not like an official one, obviously, like you can't say like, oh, you know, I'm gonna call this the bingo ETF and suddenly other people can buy uh, cash tag bingo. You, that's not possible, right? So, but you, what you can do is you can buy stock that you like. Maybe you like the semiconductor company uh, companies, and you buy, you know, three shares of Nvidia, seven shares of Intel, like ten shares of AMD, um, and then like I don't know, uh, like a few shares of uh, the the Taiwan Semiconductor Manufacturer Company. I, I'm totally blanking on the name right now. Um, and you could call that the bingo ETF and talk about like what the ETF represents, why you pick the percentage allocation. If you enjoy that type of process of explaining your thoughts and then seeing if those thoughts make sense, because sometimes, you know, you could get just get lucky and they just end up going up because stocks only go up. It's semiconductors are relatively hot right now. There's a multitude of reasons. But just that process of uh, putting reason behind your actions because yeah you might think like oh gee you think you're so smart everyone puts reason behind their actions in the stock market but see that's not true a lot of people just like read like one little tidbit article and they just buy like a like a thousand shares of it or they like read one um due diligence post on reddit wall street bets and they buy like 50 out the money calls i'm telling you there is a sub percentage of people that i'm talking about that is the reason why this podcast exists if you are the perfect trader that is I am not talking about, then obviously I am not talking about you. So just understand, there is fun in basically any type of trading. There are even IRA accounts that you can trade in. I think Tastyworks has one. I'm not sure. I'm not going to even go, go down that rabbit hole right now because I don't want to make this seem like a Tastyworks sponsored thing or whatever. Um, but going just into the individual portfolio side, Creating your own ETF is something that I've wanted to do and because sometimes I get tired of just buying stocks in a bulk of 100 uh, because, I don't know, it, right now, <laughs> let me ex just explain that. Right now, theta gain strategies for me have been really, really paying off. I really enjoy this type of style. I like receiving and you know giving premium and get the whole assignment thing like i enjoy the entire flow of that i don't like guessing i like knowing exactly where i'm going to be assigned and that's the type of person i kind of am in real life too so there's like a lot of similarities between me and theta gain style trades when i get older i'm not going to be able to take the risk of you know writing um cash secure put with like a hundred percent or fifty percent of my portfolio right now i'm taking definitely the luxury of having no other obligations besides paying my rent uh because i'm right now i'm also debt free so just making sure that you can find fun in any sort of style trading you do i think is the most important because just following the trade uh style end to end is really important too because what happens if you chose a strategy that you thought was more fun than just the boring stuff but you only execute a part of that new fun and it doesn't work and you throw the rest of the fun potentially away um but that's going into more like discipline and stuff i don't want to really want to go into that because just because i feel like this is one of the longer episodes but wow i talk about some a lot of good points i thought i made a lot of good points in this one um so yeah just shout out again uh one more time to uh bingo bingo he is a patron in discord thank you for the uh, topic request 
I see all the other top requests. I see you, Cheese. Um, I see you. Um, yeah, I think Cheese is also the only one with one more. But uh, yeah, I you are seen, and I will get to get to those two. Um, let's see. I think that's it. Um, I'm not gonna have a one percent section today. So if you just want to tune out here, I'm just gonna do a standard outro, and then I'll see everybody next week. Bye bye. You can follow me on Twitch at Real Theta Gang. You can follow me on Twitter at Real Theta Gang. You can email me at juni at thetagang.com. Theta Gang is proudly partnered with Tastyworks, and signing up with the Theta Gang referral code is a huge help. That's Theta Gang, one word, all caps. Uh, if you have not used the referral code already, please, please email me. I cannot email you. Tastyworks doesn't give me your email due to privacy reasons, and I totally understand that. So just email me at juni at thetagang.com, and I'll get you squared away with the uh, Tastyworks flare, the little Sherry flare that you might see on the website on some users' names, uh, and then one month access to my Twitter alerts. Um, I th yeah, I think that's it. Uh, let me give the extended shout-outs. Let me, let me bring this up. You get to hear a little ASMR. Uh, the, the keyboard ASMR. Um, sign into another account. Why do I feel like I always have to do this? Hmm. Sorry, give me a second. I'm like logging in. Boom, boom. Nice. Shout out to Bingo Bingo, Pocket Change, Andrew Easy Kim, Mike D, Slow Motion, JZM, Malop, Johnny B. Good, Can't Make Money IRL, Empty Can Mods, X Galaxy, Mitch Brady 7, Craig Thomas, GJ Wilson, McFly, Sisters, Good Random, Tom Thomas, Mr. Integrity, Drevy, Island Bell, Wheaton, Naw, Cheese, Maltman, 1856, Chivanis, NM, M. Hayden, La Little, Mr. Sneezy, Mano Dundon, Grandpa 95, Gorlami Salami. Is it Gorlami Salami or Gorlami Tsunami? <laughs> I, I just helped you with the bug too. I'm. I'm gonna figure that out right now. Hold on, hold on, because I had that. I had that feeling. Gorlami, tsunami. If it's tsunami, bro, I've been calling you salami like this entire time. I don't. Gorlami, tsunami. Go there one more time. It is tsunami. Why do I have you as salami? Is that you like your? Okay. You know what? Keeping you salami. If you hear this part of the podcast and you want me to change, you start calling you tsunami, I will absolutely do that. But I feel like this would be an inside joke between you and me for like the rest of our lives. <laughs> okay. And thank you to Leo Judson, Fancy Wolf, Neat the River, Just Send It, Wilkai, Norfus, Fury, Bat Trader, Chicken Dinner, Ober, Slava Livin, Ivan Yurkunov, Gregory Blue, Decentia, Arf, Mandalore, Skelter, Rodevine, 1986, Lazy Reserves, Jester, Christopher Greenboy, Hermes, Kaput, Rest of Your Shifty, AGN, 8 and Sis, 88. Uh, again, thank you for everyone listening. I felt like this was a pretty good episode. Um, and uh, yeah, I will see everybody next week. Hopefully I see everyone at the Tuesday live stream, twitch.tv slash realthetagang, 6 p.m. Pacific time. Bye-bye.